Pete and Kimber for breakfast. On Mix. Now, very quickly and very importantly, little ears warning here. If you have children in the car, this is probably not a bit of radio that you'll want them to hear. I mean, we don't want to send you anywhere else, but it's okay. We're confident you'll come back. Oh, no, I'm confident they're just sticking around. Good luck out there, guys. Put the headphones on. Good luck in the Wild West of radio. When you come back, we'll see you then. Now, bring in the dominatrix. (laughs) No, literally. Like, uh, we're talking about R-rated jobs. We had people call us in over the last couple of days to talk about their R-rated jobs, and then not long after the show yesterday, a dominatrix called and said, hey, if you'd love to have a chat, I'd love to be on. And so she joins us now. Now, we've just got to make sure the voice disguise is working. Good morning to you, dominatrix. Just say hello for us. Good morning. Great. Have we got a name for you? We're not just going to call you Dominatrix this whole time, are we? The Dom. Mistress. Mistress. Okay. Oh, I like that. Mistress, can you? How do you get into Dominatrix? Like, how do you become a Dominatrix? Interesting story. Um, It was I was learning Japanese at the Japanese consulate, and I was quite curious um, about the culture. And um, I had a really interesting um, understanding of history. And I got into it because I went overseas for a holiday and ended up having a conversation with a master who was, um, you know, involved in shibari, which is the rope tying. And I was really curious. And we had this very lengthy conversation. And I said, look, I'm really interested to learn. And he was quite surprised. Right, so what? So you just go and, and so when you learn, I mean, what's that couple of sessions? <laughs> <laughs> not quite. <laughs> what, no, how long does it take? It, it, it took a year to learn the art um, because there's, you know, as a student, um, you know, you go through the process of being a submissive before, you know, and learning the processes of um, the psychology of, you know, Shibari because, in Japanese culture, shibari was very much a case of um, used for torture and today and restraining people. Um, and today it's actually used from a very erotic sense in regards to how we do it. So when right, you look okay. at... Okay. Mistress, there's, I mean, there's a lot of terms that a lot of people listening right now are just hearing for the first time. Things like a submissive and a and dominatrix and so on. So a submissive is the, the client, right? The person who comes and sees to you and pays for your service. Correct. Correct. Now, yes. now there is a difference, right? So, like, yeah, like you, people don't actually, you don't actually provide sex, do you? No, not at all. And I think that's the biggest misunderstanding that people think that I'm the one that's actually being, you know, having sex with someone um, on me. But it's it's about control, um, and it's about power, a sense of eroticism. And, you know, understanding that they're letting go of their power and that sort of leads me into the type of people that you might have engaged in sort of certain experiences around, you know, being dominatrix and BDSM and shibari and things like that. Okay, because we, we heard like things like executives, for example, like high-level executives, people in government jobs, like real strong, powerful people are the sort of people that come to you. And I would often think that's meant to be private. But what's this story about one of these executives wanting to be led on a leash in public? Yeah, sorry. I had a um, submissive and he was a sissy maid, which basically, um, for your listeners, it's someone that would dress in like a maid outfit, 
um, that would do as I was what I would tell them. Um, at, at some occasions, they would wish to be verbally abused or humiliated. And um, this particular high corporate executive um, had asked for me to uh, take him down the um, Murray Street Mall, which I did on a collar. And Wait, what, I, uh, what time of day are you doing that? <laughs> oh, just the usual Friday night shopping experience. <laughs> And just confirm, you said Murray Street Mall, as in our Perth CBD Murray Street Mall. Yes, exactly. Now, I get, I get that it gets quiet in the city after business hours, right? Like it gets, but like on a, Friday night shopping, everyone else is just walking around the mall picking up a jacket for their last minute event they got to go to on the weekend. And you're walking a guy down Murray Street Mall on a leash. Correct. Correct. So, and you remember, he's in a May outfit as well. Did he have a mask um, on? Um, and I'm assuming it's a he. It's a he? It is a he. Um, no, no mask. Um, and on that occasion, um, you know, he had his outfit on. I had mine on with a, a long black trench coat and my, and my attire. Mistress, and, um, is this at a yeah. time when people have got camera phones and people, because this is the kind of gear that, let's face it, someone's jumping on that. Yeah. They're filming that and putting it somewhere. Um, in the moment, I'm focused on working with the client to satisfy their emotional needs and psychological needs. Um, there possibly could be photos out there or video material. I'm not okay. sure. I am um, um, after after because we've got other things to get to here, but I, I'm going to get the producers to ask you one question off off sure. the air, which is how long ago did this happen? Because like I'm just curious. But um, we also heard about a judge and wanting to be dressed up as a baby. Is that correct? Yes, yes, very correct. Um, there's not a lot have... of judges in this country. Like there's about seventy <laughs> odd. Well, you have to think about you've got district court judges and you've got Supreme Court judges and uh-huh. um, high court. So, you know, due to the pressure that a lot of these individuals are under, um, you know, I had a judge who wanted to be dressed as a baby and sitting in a high chair uh, in an nappy with a bottle and a bib. Um, like the rest of us just get into a float tank. Like, you know, <laughs> I don't want to go back and feel like I'm, you know. <laughs> um. Mistress, what do you have a do you have a we've established already that there's a difference there's no sex involved in this right um in terms right. of in terms of uh suggestions okay is there anything that you've ever had to knock back like do you have a a limit um yes i do um like i said it is very much a, a psychological game when you know you're you're entertaining your clients and they have needs um, you know, there are boundaries as a mistress as to what you will and won't do. Um, you know, I had a client that in particular wanted to be sexually assaulted by others. And that is something that I worked with the client um, and, and, you know, we came around a framework and things like that to keep them supported because it is a mental and psychological game. And it's not about harming the individual because there are emotional and pleasurable aspects to the experience. What's the safe? Does everyone use wow. the same safe word, or do they come up with their own? Um, yes, there is. Like you know, clients may have a particular safe word. Um, you know, and sometimes you know, clients will say, "I'm going to use the word fairy." Um, you know, we often hear people saying red or green, um, but you know, it, it is individual. Um, you know, the safe word that we choose, and it, it is about 
really knowing the limits that you can push someone to before they're at breaking point psychologically. Mistress, I'm sure we could ask you plenty of questions. Have you, can you just tell me, have you ever had someone come to you as a client and then you've met them in your personal life, like it turns out they're dating one of your mates or, you know, and you've just, everyone's playing along like you've never met before? <laughs> yes, I have. Um, one of my clients um, was dating a friend of mine and it was uh, very awkward. However, um, me being me and being honest and transparent, I, we, I disclosed to her and she knew the work I did. So a lot of my girlfriends, including males, uh, friends have often asked me for any tips and tricks around the space of, um, you know, BDSM and eroticism and things like that. So it's good being a dominatrix. Um, just quickly, because we've got to move on here, but um, did she let it continue, yes or no? She didn't let it continue. Um, okay. You know, obviously they were going into a, you know, a long-term relationship and, you know, you have to respect boundaries. So, yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Thanks God, for your call. It's just it's really interesting. worlds in this life, isn't there? Um, mistress, thanks for, yeah, as Kimber said, thanks for calling us. We appreciate your open and honestness this morning on the show. No, not a problem. I hope your listeners um, do get curious about it and, you know, find out more about what BDSM mm. is and, and, you know, what dominatrix work is involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks. All right, there you I go. Mean, you know, so the mistress. Pink, Pink's next concert. It'll be, she normally hangs from the tissues. Maybe it'll be Shibari. <laughs> <laughs> Some rope work.